0: Good morning. morning. If you weren't awake yet, maybe you are now. That'd get your heart going. Uh, My name is Pastor Kyle. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thanks for coming, especially our guests. We're just glad that you uh, felt led to come spend some time with us today. We welcome those of you online. Uh, Thank you for uh, spending some time with us as well. I missed you all last week. My family and I were on vacation at the beach. Uh, Just really appreciate you allowing us to have that time to kind of refresh and renew and I'm all fired up, ready to go back, and uh, so glad to be here with you and jump back into our ministry in this awesome uh, area of South Park. Uh, God's vision, we believe, for our congregation, Sherry United Methodist Church, is to be the spiritual crossroads of the South Park community, leading people to life rich in Christ because we believe that God makes all the difference in the world, and. We're excited to be worshiping in this movie theater as we're uh, in the process of rebuilding our campus, which is right across from the South Park Mall into a mixed-use development. There are going to be restaurants and shops and apartments and a hotel and all kinds of stuff. And the church is going to be right in the middle of that. And our vision uh, is to be a literal crossroads of this community where the sacred and the secular intersect. And so we're excited that's already started as we're here worshiping God in a movie theater. So just so glad to have you all here today. I just want to thank Pastor Nancy for delivering such an awesome message last week. And you all were in great hands. Uh, As Cole said, we're continuing in our uh, sermon series, Summer at the Movies. Very fitting, of course. But uh, before we dive into Jurassic World today... Just would invite you to join me in a moment of silent prayer that I would deliver God's word this morning, uh, that we would uh, allow God to speak to us and allow God's story to become part of our story. So let's just have a, a moment of silent prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm. If you're like me, maybe sometimes you wrestle with trying to do the right thing. Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do and we know what we're not supposed to do, but sometimes what we're not supposed to do seems to be more attractive. Maybe it looks like more fun or maybe it's an easier path to follow, but I'm guessing you know what it's like to struggle with doing the right thing. So how do we deal with that? Because if you're like me, I think every day I'm faced with all kinds of decisions and just I have many opportunities to to go off the path that I should be following. And so how in the world are we supposed to deal with that? And I, I think that's something that we can all kind of wrestle with today. And we look at Scripture and we jump back into the book of Genesis in the Old Testament and God is speaking to a man named Cain who's really upset with his brother Abel. And this is what God has to say uh, in the book of Genesis. You can throw that out there for me, may If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Right? So, kind of like sin, right? Temptation. Sin is like to do the wrong thing. Temptation is kind of calling us to do that. It's kind of personified here by God. It's kind of like the temptation is just waiting outside of our door, ready to pounce on us, kind of like those dinosaurs were trying to pounce on people in that movie. And so if that if that temptation is waiting for us, if that, that kind of tug or pull to do the wrong thing is waiting at our door to crouch on us and not just once a day probably 10 or 20 times a day how do we begin to deal with that Cain completely blew it right he ended up murdering his brother and so he didn't heed God's message so how can we deal with temptation in our own lives Well, today we're going to dive into some more scripture. We're also going to learn some lessons, I think, from this movie, Jurassic World. It's a a movie in a series that started out as Jurassic Park, and uh, it's a concept that people found some old dinosaur DNA. They cloned it. They created new living dinosaurs on an island down kind of in the Caribbean, and And so uh, they built a Jurassic Park, which was kind of like a theme park, like a Disney with dinosaurs. And you could go down there and and see real dinosaurs. But the original Jurassic Park ended badly. The dinosaurs broke out, and they ate all the people, and so they shut it down. And then they did the Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3. They never seemed to learn their lesson, and so they shut it down for a while. Now they do Jurassic World, same island, years later. They've been doing it pretty well now for about 10 years as people come, as you saw on the on the trailer there, they come and they see live dinosaurs, they can interact with them, and it's a worldwide phenomenon making millions and millions of dollars. So today we're gonna use that kind of as an example of how to deal with temptation. One thing that always kind of surprised me about this movie is if you if you want to avoid being you know, eaten by dinosaurs, don't go to the park, right? I just, there's Jurassic Park one, there's Park two, there's Park three, now they're in the fourth park, you know, what, are are they kidding themselves to think that now the dinosaurs are not going to break out and eat them, right? So, you know, I think a lesson sometimes in our lives can kind of come from, from this Jurassic world. If we want to avoid temptation, if we want to avoid doing the wrong thing, then sometimes we need to not go to the park, right? Don't, go to the park. So in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, it says, don't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. So sometimes it's wise for us in dealing with temptation to not go to the park. If we struggle with overspending and we have a lot of debt in our lives and our credit card bills are are almost maxed out, then maybe we shouldn't go to the mall or maybe we shouldn't be doing some online shopping. Maybe we should turn off QVC and, and maybe cut up those credit cards, right? Don't go to the park if shopping is like a habit that's gotten us into a lot of trouble. If our struggle is with lust and we get in a lot of trouble, then you know, don't go to the park means don't go to some of the websites that are on the internet. They're going to get us into trouble. Or maybe our temptation is gossip and we have a group of friends that whenever we get together you know, once a week or whenever we know it's going to be just a gossip fest and we're going to say lots of terrible things about other people, don't go to the gathering. If we find our neighbor to be attractive and know that they're lonely and And one day they come over and say, you know, my spouse is out of town and I need some help in my house. I need you to come help me fix this. We'll be alone there together. My spouse is out of town. Don't go in the house. Sometimes the best way to deal with sin, the best way to avoid it, the best way to deal with temptation is don't go to the park reading about a high school senior who was invited to a party and everybody's going to be there it's a the happening place to be he wanted to go there this is a responsible young man his parents were going to completely trust him to do that uh, but he hadn't uh, taken care of his car he had his own car and he didn't keep up on the maintenance so it broke down so it was being fixed at the time and he asked his parents if they could drive him to the party he's like well we wish we could but we have a commitment and we've got to go do that honor that commitment so why don't you just w- ride with one of your friends he said, well, I'll think about that. And he knew that most of his friends that are going are getting in a lot of trouble. They drink way, way too much, underage drinking. And, and sometimes they even drive while intoxicated. So he thought to himself, you know, maybe I'm just going to skip this party this time. And sure enough, the guy that would have been taking him to the party did drink, and he drove, and not everyone riding with him made it home safely. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, the best way to deal with sin, the best way to deal with temptation is don't go to the park. Just don't even go to the places that get us in trouble. We have a gambling addiction. Don't go to Vegas, right? Don't go to Vegas for a lot of reasons. Don't go to the park. Well, sometimes temptation finds us anyway. We can avoid bad situations. We can do our best to kind of keep ourselves away from things, but still temptation comes our way. We can't hide from it forever. So what do we do then? What happens when temptation comes our way and we've knocked on the park, it still finds us anyway. What can we do about that? Let's check out this video and see a clue with that. Sometimes the best way to deal with sin, the best way to deal with temptation is to literally run from it run as fast as we possibly can treating it like a huge dinosaur who's trying to devour us. We see this a lot of places in scripture and want to jump in uh, 1 Corinthians. Can you jump back to that Maitland? 1 Corinthians 10:14. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Jumping over 1 Corinthians 6:18. Flee from sexual immorality. Now jumping to 2 Timothy chapter 2, we see this. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. We see this word again. Flee, 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 run. Right When we see sin, when we see temptation, sometimes the best thing that we can do is run as far and as fast as we can away from that run as far and as fast as we can away from that. I knew a guy who one time uh, confessed to me that he was having an emotional affair with a woman that he worked with. Nothing physical, but it was very much an emotional affair. And uh, what was going on was he wasn't connecting with his wife uh, in in an emotional way. And so he began to confide uh, in this woman at work. He would tell her about his hopes and his dreams, about his fears, talk about all about his day and his life and all that sort of thing. All the things that he should be talking about with his wife, he began to invest in this relationship at work. The woman reciprocated, and so they were having an affair. Everything outside of the, the physical side of that, it was an affair. And we can admit and we can understand that we can be unfaithful to people in our lives outside of physical intimacy. And that was happening. And it was trouble. And his marriage was in big time trouble. And so I advised him, I said, you really need to go see a professional counselor who can help you deal with this. And I can counsel you some spiritually, but you need to invest in a counselor who was trained how to help you deal with this. And he did. And he worked hard. And it was a very challenging road, but he got himself out of that situation. And he turned to his wife and began to invest in her. And so now in his marriage, healthy marriage, whenever he kind of feels the tug, right? He might see a woman that he, you know, is at work or as a friend and, 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 and is feeling that temptation to begin to invest in them in a way that's improper. doesn't mean he can't have friends of the opposite sex or anything like that, but, but he knows the line. And when he begins, just begins to feel the tug towards that, that emotional connection again that goes a little bit over the line, then he flees away from it. And he runs hard to his wife and he, he pours himself more into that relationship and, and works with all the things that they've been counseled to do. And so he runs as far and as fast away from that temptation as he can because he doesn't want to mess up his marriage. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, the best way to deal with sin, to deal with temptation, is to run as fast as, and as far away from it as we can. And sometimes in our lives, when temptation comes our way, we need to resist it. We need to stand up to it. Right? We've avoided it as best we can. Sometimes it comes at us and we flee, but sometimes we have to dig our heels in and stand up and resist it. In the book of James, it says this, James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, we believe that the devil is this evil incarnate and has all this power. And I do believe that's true. But a lot of us think that we're powerless against that. But that's exactly not true, right? What it says here is that when we submit to God, God gives us power to resist the devil. And when we resist him, then the devil will flee from us, right? We stand up to it. We see Jesus in the Bible. He goes head to head with the devil in the, out in the desert three times before he begins his ministry. One time the devil comes at him through his own disciple, Peter, and, and Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Right? We can say, get out of my life. Get out of my way. I'm not going to have anything to do with this. Right? We can stand up. God gives us the power to resist temptation in our lives late in my grandparents' life, uh, my grandmother was unable to care for herself and she was bedridden. And so my grandfather cared for her as long as he could at home, wanted to keep her in the the home as long as possible. He did it for many years. He waited on her hand and foot. He was there for her and uh, as long as he could before she had to be moved to, you know, a a nursing facility. And it took a, a toll on him. I know that many of us here have been caregivers or we we care for our parents, or, or we've seen it in our lives, and we, we see how hard that is, and it begins to take a, a huge, massive toll on the person who's being the caregiver, and it breaks them down physically, and sometimes emotionally, and, and all sorts of ways. And, and one of the ways that my grandfather began to try to cope with that was he started drinking alcohol. Right? He's a fine Christian man. Uh was in the Baptist church his whole life. Sunday school teacher, all that sort of thing. Good guy, but he turned to alcohol, and he became an alcoholic. And it bothered him. And it bothered him because of his faith and all that he was going through. And so he sought help from God and he prayed. And he went to Alcoholics Anonymous. And he began to go and, and do that every week and sometimes every day. And, and through the power of God and through that amazing ministry that Alcoholics Anonymous is, 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 he became sober. And he was able to get to the point where he could resist the urge to drink alcohol. And he got his life back on the right path. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we have to stand up to sin. We have to stand up to temptation and say, no. God has given me the power to say no, and I resist it. And it's a powerful way for us to cope and to deal with it. And I think about in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, a way for us to deal with temptation where God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. In my life, when I'm in tune with God, when I'm worshiping God like we're worshiping God now, when I'm reading the Bible every day, when I'm praying and talking and listening to God, when I'm active in a small group ministry setting, when I'm serving like the, our students who are going to Tennessee this week to serve and, and to build houses, when I'm connected to God like that, it helps me so much better to be able to recognize temptation when it's coming my way. And I'm so much more capable of doing the right thing and standing up because of my relationship with God and I just, I feed off the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and it's, it's awesome to be still and know when I face temptation, I'm not alone. Because if I was alone, I'm going to fail more times than I'm going to succeed. But when I'm with God, then God's going to give me the victory. But now when... I'm not praying as much as I should when I'm not reading the scripture as much as I am when I miss worship or when you know I'm not serving or not surrounded by other Christians who are going through life together that's when I get off on my own and that's when I get in trouble and sometimes I don't see the temptation coming until it's too late and sometimes I know that it's coming and I still choose to do the wrong thing and so that's why being the body of Christ together is so important I'm so glad you're here and I think worship like refuels us for like the week to come, you know? Like we're kind of like we're prayed up and we've been singing and we've been hearing the word preached and it's awesome. But I got to caution you, I, I don't think that 1 hour a week is going to be enough. And that's why we encourage all of us to read our Bibles every day. It had not to be 50 chapters. It could be a few verses to talk to God and listen to God through prayer every day to be a part of our small group ministry to journey through life with other Christians that we can trust and we can, we can bounce things off of and talk about our temptations and talk about our victories and talk about our defeats and, and serving God. The more we're connected to God and to each other, man, we're, we're able to see it coming and be able to resist it more so I'm so glad you're here today, and I just would encourage you to think and pray about maybe taking the next step in the ministries that we offer in our church. And you can talk to me or any of our staff or go on our website, but we'd love to help you take that next step to, to kind of get connected and get closer to God. One more passage of Scripture I want to read to you from Paul's letter, his first letter to the Corinthians. This is in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. So if you think that you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. I think what Paul's saying right there is don't get cocky, right? Hey, I beat this temptation. I didn't go to the park. I, I ran. I stood up to it. I'm golden, man. I'm good. Nothing's going to get to me, right? It keeps coming. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. Don't get cocky. No temptation has overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is one of the most misquoted passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. Have you ever heard someone say, God won't give you more than you can handle? You ever heard that? And maybe we've said that. We tried to use that as a way to comfort somebody. That is attributed to this verse in 1 Corinthians, but that's not what the Scripture said. We just read it. It doesn't say that. A lot of people say, God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, I'm sorry that you've gotten uh, a terminal disease, but God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm sorry that your child passed away at the age of five, but God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm sorry that you've been abused or that you suffered rape, but God won't give you more than you can handle. We say that as a way to help people, but ultimately it's hurting people because it's completely not true. God doesn't cause people to be raped or children to die or people to receive terminal diseases, right? So please, never misuse this passage of Scripture. That is not what it's about. It's not what it's about. What it says is, we are going to be tempted. And we're going to be tempted like everybody on the planet who's been tempted, who's ever lived, and whoever will live, and all of the six, seven billion people who live on the planet now, we're all going through temptations together right? We're, we're going through similar temptations. The external circumstances might be different, right? We have access to all kinds of technology that people didn't have one year ago or 10 years ago or 100 years ago, right? But the underlying temptations are the same. Greed and lust and pride and fear, whether that's through a one-on-one connection, through that's an internet connection, right? The, the same temptations are the same ever since time began. We still deal with it, And so we should feel comfortable that other people have been through temptations and they've gotten through them. And if they can get through them, if people in the world right now are getting through them, then we can get through them because God is with us and it gives us the power. That's why Jesus came to to come and live on the earth, to die on a cross, to come back to life, so that we can be in a right relationship with God. So that we do mess up, we do give into temptation. We can find forgiveness and our guilt and our shame can be taken away. And we can have that replaced with joy and peace. We can live life to the full now. We can live forever in the kingdom of heaven. And what happened when Jesus came is he gives us power. He gives us power to tap into so that we can say no to temptation. Right In the book of Genesis where we started, remember God said to Cain, you need to rule over sin. God gives us the power to do that through Jesus Christ. And so maybe to kind of recap where we are, when we're thinking about how we deal with sin, how we deal with temptation in our lives, right? Remember we talked about don't go to the park, right? Try to stay away from the places that are going to get us into trouble. We talked about run, right? Run as far as we can from temptation. Sometimes we can't run, sometimes we're in the park, sometimes we just gotta stand up and resist it, right? And the devil will flee from us. And we talked about being still. And knowing that God is with us, we can't do this on our own. We have to be still and listen for God and tap into God's strength. And sometimes we're gonna give into temptation. And the good news is that God's ready to forgive us. He's gonna offer his, his grace, his unmerited favor. We're gonna find that peace and that forgiveness. Right? But he wants to spare us all the pain that's involved in that. And and the more we can spare ourselves from that pain of doing the wrong thing and suffering the consequences, the better. But what it means, brothers and sisters, is that we have power to resist. And so we can't play the victim card. We can't play the victim card that says, you know what? I wish I could avoid the temptation, but I just can't help myself. It's the way that my, my family raised me, right? If I had been p- better parents, then I would make better decisions. Right? It's just the way that society is. It's the way that society is set up, and, and we have to live in our society, and, and we don't have any choice. We can't resist the temptations of our society. or You know what? The devil made me do it, or, or whoever made me do it. My teacher made me do it, or my best friend made me do it, right? No. It's on us. God gives us the power through Jesus to resist it, and to stand up to it. And so I guess the question today, brothers and sisters, is what are we struggling against? What did you walk in here today struggling with temptation? Maybe it's something that's been coming at you for a few days or weeks or months, right? And you just, you're just you this close to giving in. Or maybe it's something you just... It hit immediately and you've been wrestling with it or maybe it hasn't hit you yet this morning when we walk out these doors we're going to see lots of temptation lining up because we've been in church and you know the evil in the world wants to combat all the good that we're doing in here today so we need to be ready for that what is it that you're wrestling with if you remember one thing today i want you to remember this message from paul that i'm going to kind of paraphrase for you right now is that god always gives us an escape hatch God always gives us an escape hatch. He always gives us a way out, whether we're struggling whatever it is we're struggling with when it comes to temptation, God will always give us an escape hatch. And so what I think that the Bible's saying to us today is take it. Take it. You don't have to fall for it. you don't have to go through the pain that the temptation is going to lead us to the guilt and, and all the, the brokenness. Take God's escape hatch. It's kind of like you know, the dinosaur. Like a sin is crouching at the door, right? And God says, rule over it. When the dinosaur jumps out, then you kick it in the face, right? God always gives us an escape hatch. Take it, and you rule over temptation. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you that you give us Jesus and his power. First of all, God, to identify when we're being tempted to do something that we shouldn't. And then the ability to stand up to it, God, to flee from it, to stay away from it. To be still and know that we can't fight it without you. And so, God, I know that today all of us are struggling with something. If we're not, we will be before we get home, before the day is over. And God, sometimes it seems so overwhelming. It just seems like we, we don't have a choice. It just seems like that it's just sucking us in. But the good news today is that we do. That's why you sent your son into the world to die and to come back to life is to give us this strength to, to say no, to give us an avenue back to you and to receive your grace, your unmerited favor. And so, God, we ask you to come into our lives and be the center of our lives and help us to live good lives, God. We don't earn our way into heaven. We know that. It's by our relationship with you. But when we're strong in our relationship with you, it can help us in this world. It can help us in our days to avoid so much trouble simply by saying no to the things that that challenge.